What's up, everybody? I just wanted to let everybody know about Calhoun Asampi Sisha. Calhoun Asampi Sisha is a native-owned business. The name is very meaningful. It's a combination of a Scottish last name and an Oglala Lakota last name. Calhoun Asampi Sisha plans on having a whole line of products from candles to bath bombs. Calhoun Asampi Sisha plans on using part of the profits to make visible change with a focus on helping students attend university. They believe that if they help them in a crucial stage, they will gain the skills to help their communities. Another goal is to help the indigenous community with accurate representation. And they plan on doing this by modernizing indigenous trading while respecting traditional beliefs. The current slogan for Calhoun Asampi Sisha, a first of its kind, a whole tribe line. They're working very hard to get their business going and they plan on dropping candles February 28th. So go check out the Facebook page, Native Candles, that's the letter N. 8v candles and follow them on instagram so that's n8v underscore candles and also check out the website www.n8vcandles.com so that's www.nativecandles.com but it's n8vcandles.com so be sure to follow them facebook instagram and check out the website and get ready for february 28th thanks everyone What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On today's episode, I have such an amazing guest. He is a former offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears and the University of Montana. Today, we have Levi Horn. What's going on, bro? Not much. Just very thankful to be on the Oki Podcast today, finally catch up with you. I mean, this has been some time in the making, right? And uh, just getting our everything together and letting life come. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to be able to you know, even just come downstairs and, you know, visit some, visit some relatives some family, some good people from across the country and hopefully have some good words for those people who uh, turn on and listen to this great podcast. Yeah, man, it's been, we've been talking about this for a while. Like, <laughs> like I can't even <laughs> say how long. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, is right. <laughs> that's kind of me, man. I'm, I'm really not a good planner. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's why me and my wife were so good together because she's like, all right, Levi, this is what we have to do. And this is all right. This is when I'll do it. Me, I'm like, you know, when it happens, it's going to happen. And when it does, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel the same. Like, you know, it wasn't working out and our schedules were conflicting. And, but I knew like we would get it somewhere down the road. I knew we would get it. So, yeah, everything happens in good timing, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so this is yep. going to be a good one. Yeah, so I guess, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start a little bit about me, uh, Levi Horn, um, uh, my, my native name, White Buffalo, and uh, Holy Thunderbird Man, adopted uh, Anishinaabe um, from uh, Chief uh, Big Sky. Um, my mother's Julie Horn. Uh, my grandfather is Harold Horn Sr. He's, uh, he's made his journey. Uh, but uh, my mother, my mother's been my rock my whole entire life in my family. She, she never wanted me to play football either. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just getting to learning about my story as I, I've been playing football. And then my native story has just, it's been a trip and it's been a super privilege uh, to do this. And before I forget, I just want to shout out to one of my, one of my mentors, uh, Chance, Chance Rush, making moves, wearing his shirt right here. That's my guy out there. So hopefully he sees this and uh, just want to send some love out to him because he's always doing big things and good things out there in our community. Yeah. Shout out to him, man. He's a good dude. I met him a couple weeks ago. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's a cool dude. So man, he's always on the drive. 
I know he's always yeah. on the go, man. Yep, he got he got my grind up there too, and you know I guess we can just start here. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is our lateral violence that we have within our communities is just it's just brutal. Another one of my mentors he told me he goes he goes Levi it's not the white man it's not the black man he goes there's nobody else uh, gonna cut down us except for except for us we do it the best. And which is such so negative, so horrible. But one thing that I learned from Chance and my boy Casey Nicholson and Gary Davis Jr., uh, when I started this journey of speaking and sharing my story, those men, those Native men were just ready to, to bring me up, to teach me. And it, I've been very blessed to have those mentors and those people in my life, which it's been just so important. And so when we talk about this, the blessing of getting to go around the country and, and seeing some change. Uh, I do see some change in that lateral violence and, you know, the way we treat each other, which, which is good. It's positive. When I, when I go out there and I speak, I say, you know, everybody in, everybody in our tribe, our clan, our village, we all had a job and we all did it together. And we all did, everybody had their job or else that winter was going to be hard. That, that season was going to be hard. So we don't have to do it alone. And what I got is going to help you out, Russell. And Russell, what you got is going to help me out, just like Chance and Gary taught me. Um, so we got to we got to go back to those those days of thinking, hey, I don't got to do it all by myself. Let's do this together. Let's make this good. Um, which is something that I I just I just truly believe in. We just got to get this hate and this envy, this jealousness out of our way because that, that, that's nothing that we ever taught. We never taught that. You know, we were taught to be humble, be thankful and helpful. Feed. Give somebody food. Give, give somebody the best blanket that you have in the house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I haven't been like... Well, I, I'm sure it's going around, but I haven't really had any problems with lateral violence. But then again, you know, I don't look for stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm out here doing what I do and meeting new people networking and mm -hmm. i don't have time for that you know i don't mm -hmm. have time for stuff like that you know because i'm constantly on the move like i'm constantly doing something every day every weekend and so you know but it i've heard of it man i've heard that it just it's so it's a the crab in the bucket thing mm -hmm. you no know? oh, yeah it is and when we sit there and we talk about you know, urban natives, um, reservation communities, white, non-white, and then just our reservation, you know, the, the, the thought of, you know, even doing something bigger or leaving or putting each other down. It's just, you know, that negativity, and especially in this culture, it's so easy to put somebody down. It's so fast. I can just, I can just go grab this phone and boom, 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 and start, start nailing somebody, start putting somebody down. You know, I tell the kids when I tell the kids when I was six years old, it was the first time uh, I gave my I gave my dream to the creator. Uh, I said I was going to go to the NFL. And I tell the kids, I go, what did everybody do? They go, Every, everybody gets this question right. They go, they laughed at you, Levi. You know, everybody on the block family, you know. It, it was just amazing how ready that people were ready to put me down instead of build me up. And so that's just one of the things that I talk about is, you know, we have we have 50,000 thoughts a day. 98% of the thoughts are the same as we had yesterday. And about 80% of those are negative. And if that's the norm that we're living at, I just try to I try to teach positivity. And it's hard. You know, and they go, how'd you start doing that, Levi? I go, you know, it was with my schooling, but I started catching myself being negative. All right, let's catch that one. How can I revert? And so now it's just, it's so instantaneous. Like I, I can sit there and late for work and trouble doing something, did something wrong. And I'm like, all right, well, this is what you did. You put yourself in this situation, A plus B equals C, and you earned it. But what are we going to learn from this? How are we, how are we going to be better? How am I going to set myself up better for the next time? And making learning experiences, failure, okay, but building off of it. And that's just one thing, you know, we just see so much in youth period nowadays is just, all right, I failed. It's over. Let's give up. 
Yeah, that's how I was, man. Because I never, well, nobody ever said it's okay to fail, you know. And that's <laughs> that's the thing, like growing up, because you feel like you have to be perfect. I guess you have to. Um, well, I felt like that. I felt like I had to not fail because if I did, you know, I'd really get in trouble for failing. Nobody ever said, "Oh, well, it's cool," you know. Just pick yourself up and do better, or do it again, or something, you know. So I always felt like there was this weight on my shoulders to try to be perfect all the time and it gets to you man like it gets to you because i psych myself out and and later when i'm older you know i'm like man it's okay to fail like Mm -hmm. it's no big deal because you have so many chances to make it right Mm -hmm. but you you know you can't be perfect though like nobody's perfect you know i'm always learning i'm always failing i still fail today like but, you know, like, I'm not afraid to fail. And that's the thing. And, and that's one thing when I do my, I do, I do a workshop. And that's one of the key points of one of my workshops is this fear of failure. The biggest one, I'll share the story. Uh, first team, all state tight end for a one in nine team here in Spokane, Washington. First person in 20 years that even anybody remembers getting first team all state. Um First person since anybody can remember getting a scholarship, got a scholarship to the University of Oregon. And boy, I went there. I went there so scared. You know, it should have been the happiest time in a young footballer's life. But I was like, I just knew I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for any of that. I wasn't set up for that. Um, I didn't set myself up for that. You know, the struggles I had, you know, all that stuff, you know, those excuses. But I went there and I, I just tried to do it all by myself. I tried to do it. I stopped praying. I stopped calling my mom. I stopped calling my coaches, my mentors. And I just said, I got to do this. I got to do this for me. I got to do this for my family. I got to do this for Northern Cheyennes. I got to do this for native people all over the country. So, I mean, it it goes back to that village, that, that tribal thought, like, man, I just tried to do it all by myself for everybody. And it was this thought, this fear of failure. I was so scared to fail that I didn't let myself succeed. I went back into negative ways, going with negative people, um, surrounding myself with just, just negativity, period. And I, I, I was just so scared to fail. I was just frozen. And of course, Will Smith, I'm sitting there digging up stuff for my workshop. And here comes this Will Smith uh, clip. And he says, um, he goes, people need to, People need to redefine failure. He goes, and, and I sat there and I thought about it while I was doing this, of course, while I'm in my 30s compared to when I'm, you know, I'm 18 to 22 playing football for in college. He goes, every time you go out to that field, you go to fail. You, I have failed more as an NFL football player than I have succeeded as an NFL football player. But it was every time that I lost against that defensive end or that linebacker blitz and I didn't see it or that coverage uh, or that spin move that I learned, that I, I was I learned to be able to get to Sundays. So he, I was like, oh, man, that's true. Every time you go to the gym, you seek failure. You mm-hmm. seek fail for those muscles. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, wow, I was like, I, I, you know, my mind was already going in that way, but I was like, man, that's such a good way for me as a, you know, as a jock, as an athlete to think about it. It's like, man, yeah, I have failed more, more than anything for my small number of successes that I have had. And, and he had a saying, fail early, fail often, fail forward. I was like, man, that is so empowering. And so when I get out to native communities, when I go out and see these youth, uh, adult, anybody, anybody I can get a chance to is like, man, it's okay to fail. We, it's, it's all right. But so as I, as I surrounded myself with negativity at the university of Oregon, as I was unhappy, as I, I did all this stuff, I, t- I tell everybody, I go, you know, they asked me to transfer. They said, Levi, you can transfer or we can kick you off. You know, we have enough stuff. <laughs> You've compiled enough record. <laughs> and so they, you know, they were nice to me and I was like, all right, okay, I'll transfer just as I was getting my business together too. I started praying, started talking to my mom, my coaches. I started surrounding myself with positivity again, started filtering out people who were in my circle. So I was really just getting my business together. And they're like, all right, we've had enough, you know, late to late to one more meeting, you know, at that level, it's all it takes, you know, being late Mm -hmm. to a meeting. 
I tell them, I go, the real failure would have been me just saying, all right, lost my scholarship. I'm going to go home, pick up a 40, pick up a blunt, call it good. You know, that was good enough. You know, I feel so many, so many of our special athletes, you know, they go to state championship, they get MVP or whatever. And they go, you know what? That was good enough. And it, it hurts, you know, it stops so many of our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but something just kept me the love of football. You know, that was, that was the one thing the creator gave me that was more special than anybody else. Creator gave me that spark, that drive. And I never wanted to lose that. I told my coach when I was a freshman in high school, I go, man, I want to play football forever. And that's what I tried to do. And with that drive, with that spark, with football, that uh, Mahel creator gave me, you know, I turned around after everything was over. It gave me amazing mentors, made me a better father, made me a better husband, made me a better son, brother, gave me an education and taught me the little things of positivity in life, goal setting, just the people that are around you. So I'm very blessed to have this game in my life and all the people that helped me through it. Yeah. Yeah. When you say that though, about that was your last chance over there and you were just starting to get um, your business straight, you know, it, and then you transferred, right? You transferred to Montana, correct? Yep. University of Montana, go Grizz baby. And so right there, that's like a clean slate and you have your head on straight. Also, you got all the negativity out. You're ready this time around, you know, you're praying and you're not doing it by yourself, as you said before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, like, and, and yeah, going to Montana, I know it was a good, it was a good, uh, restart, I guess I should say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it was huge because also I went from university of Oregon where there's a lot of privilege and I wasn't ready for that. I was very, I was very self-centered. I was very, why, why do all these people get all this? And this is what I had to start out with, you know, you know, the why me's and you know, those don't get you anywhere except for hurting. Right. And so after I was able to, you know, reset and humble myself, really like Levi, you're good at football, but somebody else is going to be good at football too. And so my coach actually told me the conversation he had between Oregon and himself, Bobby Howe, uh, for University of Montana. He was like, you know, it was very nice to, he was like, he's a good kid. You know, he just needs a second chance, you know, probably third chance, fourth chance. But he was like, no, he'll go out there. He'll do it for you. And the biggest thing from University of Oregon to Montana, Montana was more blue collar. Mm. And, you know, we were out there grinding. Uh, and I definitely didn't think that coming from Oregon to Montana was going to be any type of way. Like I was going to be special or something because those guys, those Montana boys made sure that I didn't feel special <laughs> coming out to practice. And, uh, but sitting there seeing native Americans walking across the quad, going to class to class, old natives, young natives in between going out there, getting that education, having professors, Brown professors, teach me my history, man, that's, that was really the start of my healing, the start of healing my trauma, finding out what my people went through. So I could sit there and say, you know what, that's, that's the reason why auntie, uncle, mom, grandpa, you know, that that's why they were hurting. And this is why they acted the way they act. So it helped, it helped me forgive people around me with that education. And I think that education and knowledge, we don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to sit there and say, oh, poor me, poor me, you know, like everybody thinks we do. But, you know, we learn about it and we it helps our healing. We figure out why. And so we can go forward in a good way and like, OK, you know, help me forgive a lot of people in my life and help me figure out why I was hurting. So, yeah, going to University of Montana, you know, creator put me there for a reason. And, you know, I just accept that. Yeah, well, that's a good point um, about learning your history and okay so when you're in high school did you go to a public school like just okay so yeah you didn't learn any of that huh that nope. same thing with me same thing with me um went to public school did not know anything about my own tribe they never talked about any tribe in general mm -hmm. and so the only thing they talked about was american history and so and thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. uh columbus day and we were a part of that 
like we were a supporting cast for that yeah and so there's no real story about it there's no nothing like that and then when yeah when you get to college and you have these i went to iii in new mexico so it's a native school native art school and mm-hmm. like going there just opened up everything for me it, i was awakened and you know it was, it was so cool to meet like tribes from everywhere all around here mm-hmm. and just to hear like their experiences and hear about their culture and their language and mm-hmm. and me coming in man i didn't know anything about my own tribe and god dude it was uh intimidating it was so intimidating <laughs> but like you said man like you know people are so helpful you know because there's people there that knew about my tribe yes. and so i was like whoa really so i started picking up books started learning started getting on the internet learning on you not youtube but learning on google and just reading all kind of stuff and yeah dude it's it's uh it's it it sucks it sucks the what we had to go through we forced mm-hmm. down here and having our rights taken and god man it's just a yeah and like you said it's healing though like it, you, i understand why ancestors and and like you said, everybody was the way they were. So yeah, that's a good I remember point, first time getting on that drum and just being around that stuff. And it was it, non non-natives. They don't know what they're doing, especially to somebody who, you know, the assimilation process really got me and you, you know, that really cut it off from what I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, your story seems pretty much like mine. And, and then the drugs and the substance abuse, you know, that helped help too so when you're a small northern cheyenne boy here in spokane washington removed from your tribe your elders your teachings um and people say oh levi like do you dance do you sing do you like do you like what do you do that makes you native american and i was like i remember when i was young and just like feeling inadequate so much i was like well then am i really a native american like mm-hmm. like because because my mom, my mom and my family from, you know, taught me how to pray a smudge. And one of the best teachings my mom ever gave me was there's no wrong way to pray. And so that was, I mean, that's the basis of my foundation to just pray, keep that open communication up. And that, that helped, that helped feed me, that helped feed me until I got, got around and experienced more and more of my culture. And I tell these kids, it's okay. You know, this is, this is what, this is what the plan was to take this away from us. But now it, it can be our plan to reinstill it. That is my mission in my life right now. Uh, my, my cultural mission is to bring this back to my family. And like right here, I got my first pair of mocks ever. Uh, he said, he goes, you need, you need to go call Guinness up and see if, see if those are the biggest mocks ever made. <laughs> But I mean, that's my first pair of moccasins and um, I'm getting my vest beaded up and I hope to be at once the powwow circuit comes back alive. I want to be out there with my daughter because my daughter dances now and get my and then get my little boy into it, too. And those guys, they speak Salish. They go to Salish immersion school and they speak the they speak the language over here. And I did that because, you know, it's better than nothing. They can wake up, sing their songs and. You know, hopefully they go back over and get interested in Northern Cheyenne culture and help revive that. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. my mission. You don't come out of the womb with a Pendleton bag, with your songs, your drumstick, your prayers and stuff like that, you know. And I just want to say to all those kids out there who feel in that type of way, you know, don't 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 feel any less of a Native American because you don't have those experiences yet. But let creator, let creator take you to those experiences and make sure you say yes. Make sure you say yes. Uh, True. Mm -hmm. True. Well, going back to when they, you know, like, how are you native? Like, how do you think you should, I guess, be, I guess, because no one asked me that, but I knew it was like, because we had singing, we had powwows and, you know, there was language classes and stuff, but I just didn't understand it. Like, you know, nobody, and I was too young to probably get it, you know, like I was too young and, and then you're put in this public school system assimilation and stuff. And it's like, 
it's like, well, you know, which way is the right way? You know, you're kind of confused too. So, and yeah, I felt out of place. I did, you know, I felt out of place and I, I, I was really shy. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who to talk to about it. And I just, I didn't want that feeling of, you know, like, well, dang, we don't know, you know, like just, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the way I felt. It, it, it just makes you feel so insecure because you got one mm-hmm. side, one side of people, they just expect you to know it. And then the other side of the people might not be fully supportive of you to learn it. Mm-hmm. And then the people I always remember, like, you know, the very spiritual and up there people in my life, the few of them that we had, man, I was always so intimidated by, it. I didn't want to mess up. I was always so scared of messing everything up. And, you know, that's when having the, having it at home, like, Hey, baby boy, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having that practice mm-hmm. time uh, helps rather than just when you get thrown in there, man, it's scary. Um, and now, heck I, but that's what I do now as I, as I'm 35, every chance I get, I go, you know what, I'm going to mess up and you know what, they're going to be okay with it. They're going to be fine with it because they are, you know, you don't, you don't understand that when you're a little kid, you think, mm-hmm. you think everything's so defined, so absolute, but you know, go in there. I don't know. Hey, come on. That's what they always, come on, get in here. Let's do it. We're going to, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And it always turns, and it always turns out good. So that's one thing I, I always, I try to t- tell communities is don't say no, don't say no to anything, you know, creator put that in, in your journey, your path for a reason. And I mean, that's how I got started speaking man i i get more nervous speaking in front of you know a hundred people than i did uh playing in front of fifty thousand. <laughs> i like it it reminds me of football it gets me all gets all the nerves going and um but truly i am i, ne- I never thought i was going to do this but because i said yes i said yes to yes to a mentor in my life at the university of montana I've been able to be blessed and do this for 10 years and go across the country, Canada. And, you know, it's the best when I go back to places and then they go, Hey, Levi, I did this. I did, uh, hey, Levi. I had this one little chubby boy. He goes, Levi, I want to be a football player. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, you can do it. Do whatever you want to do, bro. You just got to, you just got to keep doing, trying your best. He goes, you know why I know I can do that? And I was like, why? He goes, because you did it. I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, I ain't going to get the big guy crying. Uh, but it's just, you know, because I said, yes, I get to, I get to do this work and I'm very honored. Yeah, that's, that's true though. You know, say yes. I was the same way. I was so scared of everything. And I remember I had one opportunity cause I, I was, I'm still big, but I was you know, way bigger back in 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. And I had an opportunity to speak to uh, some natives, I guess, mm-hmm. about working out and stuff and what I did to do that. It, it was a long time ago. And I, I said, no, I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't think I would be right for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wouldn't even know what to say, but I just, I just said no. And so, after that, I never got any more chances to, I never got asked to do anything like that again, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, but, you know, you got to do this work and, and, you know, now, now, you know, I'm so confident, you know, doing this, speaking to everybody around everywhere, it's got my confidence up so well, you know, that mm-hmm. now, like, I was asked to do sports commentating, and so I've never done that before. I, I was like, I, I, that's what I said to you. I was like, bro, I've never done that, you know, but I'll do it. You know, I talk all the time. So let's try it. You know, like if I fail, like who cares? Right. Like we're just starting out. So let's see how it goes. It was an awesome season. So I got better and better. It was horrible. The first one, but I get better. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it's about. That living love and experience, man. That's, that's uh, the, the, the failures, just like we were talking about earlier. Hey, a mm. little bit of failure here, but you got better, got back up. Heck, if Tony Romo can do it, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, Tony Romo. <laughs> oh, but man. that goes back to like, uh, 
our culture and stuff too. Like I'm 33, you know, and it's never too late to learn. It's mm-hmm. never too late, you know, and, and right now, you know, I work with our, we're not technically a language program, but we're trying to revive, not revive it, but um, keep it around. I forget mm-hmm. the word for it, but keep it around. And I'm our audio visual guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta, we gotta do our classes on zoom. Mm-hmm. So I'll record them. I'll edit what needs to be taken out and then I'll push it on our social media, you know, and I do our social media too. And I'm, what's cool is though I'm learning, you know, our language and yeah. some history, some more history and stories. And I mean, and at first too, I was like, I was like, dang, I was like, well, you know, I do want to learn. I do want to learn. And I think this would be an awesome opportunity. And our first semester was really great. So I'm looking forward to the next one, but for real, like any, if anybody feels like they want to learn their culture and all that, do it. Do you have a truck? Do you need accessories? Then look no further than Vance Truck Accessories. Vance Truck Accessories is owned by the man himself, Chris Vance. Chris has built his business from the ground up and is based in Oklahoma City. Chris makes it a point to push and install American-made products and will work hard to accommodate everyone. Vance Truck Accessories takes pride in supporting local veteran groups, local school groups, and other local businesses. Check out the Vance Truck Accessories Facebook page and check out the website www.vancetrucks.com for more info and to book your next appointment. And did I mention they do window tint on the weekends? Well, they do. So get on down to Vance Truck Accessories and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. Mm-hmm. It's never too Just late. Jump, jump into it. Yeah, when I got back over here, I knew like mentally I had to prepare myself huge for that stop with football. I did football my entire life. That was all I ever wanted. That's to please my coaches to please fans, um, you know, that's how I valued myself was that game of football. So at, it, going towards college and then into the NFL, I had to prep myself, hey, this is going to end one day. And Levi, you can't be broken and you can't use that as an excuse. I don't have football anymore, so I'm going to be a lazy good for nothing. Use these excuses, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I came back to Spokane, Washington, and I got a youth job. Uh, I always, I always said I, I had so many people help me get here. I want to be able to help those other people. And and that thing with saying yes, saying yes, they asked me, "Do you want to be a drug and alcohol counselor, Levi?" I was like, "Yep, let's do it." Literally, like the next two days, I got enrolled before semester. I was like, "All right, man, I'm I'm getting ready to be a drug and alcohol counselor." I did that for five years. I just recently stepped back. I'm, uh, I got a job at my school, at my old high school. I'm the head freshman coach, which I didn't think I was going to do that either. I was like, I was a varsity O-line coach. Go there, know my schemes. I know blocking and all that stuff. Easy peasy, right? And he mm-hmm. goes, hey, Levi, I want you to be the head freshman coach. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. And I, I sat back and I go, Levi, who else would do it? Would somebody do it better than you? Is there a reason for you to say no? Can you do this job? Do you have to do more? Yes. All right. Well, then don't be scared of that. Don't be scared of getting better and say yes. So I said yes to that. I took a step back for my own mental health purposes uh, from the drug and alcohol job, which I loved it, but, you know, it's coming home. It's coming home with me. And I, I had to stop that. I took more of a mentorship role kind of a little bit more relaxed at my school here. And I'm going to, one of my goals was always to get my master's degree. So in the fall, I will be enrolling to become a high school counselor and get my master's degree. You know, it's something I always said and talking it into existence. And that's, that's what I'm doing. Just having that positive mindset of thinking it's going to be three years of hard work, but the lives, the things, the people, that I can change. That's, that's what I want. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing it for. And to hold a master's degree as a native American man and be able to travel around and say, Hey, if this big old jock can do it. So can you. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yep. Yep. And it's, and it's scary. You know, I, I look at everything, but I go, you know, I've done so much schooling already and, 
you know, I just tell myself, you know, you're, you're adequate, you're enough and you're capable. So it might be scary, Levi, but you can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going to the same college, Montana? No, uh, I'm going to go. I'm, I think I'm going to do Grand Canyon University online. So, mm, okay. so I can do that at work, come home, hit the mm. books, then be with the family right away. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you start that in the fall? Yep, that's the, that's the plan. I'm, I'm getting okay. everything rolled up. I'm in touch with recruiters, and I'm making this thing happen. I'm making moves, just like my boy Chance would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, let me know how that is, Grand Canyon University. I always see the commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to ask you to, oh, yeah, real quick. What size are your mocks? 16 and a half. So make sure Ooh. they're nice. And, I got size 16s, but he goes, I made 16 and a half. Make sure you can put enough, uh, you know, some padding in there. They're, they're comfortable. <laughs> got the morning star right there. That's my That's my people's. That's my people's uh, flag right there. And those are nice. Those are nice. Those are yep. clean. They're clean. Yep. Dang, shout five sixteen. <laughs> shout out to Coach Yellow Eyes, David Yellow Eyes. He did my bead work over here in Washington. He lives up here in Washington with me. He's a he's a relative. So, shout out, shout out. I was gonna ask, man. Uh, after so after Montana, so a successful college career, mm-hmm. and then. Then you go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. What was what were your like? Okay, so I don't know how it goes. I from I don't have any personal experience. So, did you graduate from Montana or did you declare for the draft or like how does how does all this go? Yeah, so senior year, uh, I made my goal to be all American mm-hmm. and get a shot in the NFL. My coach looks at me and he goes, "Levi, you can." He goes, you can do this. And I liked his wording because it wasn't going to be, we are going to do this. We got this. Us as a team, we're going to get you. He he put that all on me. He goes, Levi, you can do this. And it was. It was all up to me, my dedication, uh, my effort. And so we went to the national championship again. We went 51 and 6 as a senior class. Uh, I was All-American. First team, All-American, Northern Cheyenne from Spokane, Washington. Uh, very proud to say that for all those kids out there who want to do that. And then, so I, I fell up short a little bit on some of my classes, but people were coming in, coaches were coming in. We had our pro day and that's when Mike Tice from the Chicago bears flew into Missoula, Montana, worked me out. He was, he was very truthful. He was like, Levi, I saw the first three games. He goes, I saw your three games. Those first two games. I thought you were trash. Cause then I saw the third one. <laughs> And he's like, I could do something with this kid. I could do something with him. <laughs> so coach was coach gave me had faith in me and brought me up. And I signed as an undrafted free agent when I had about 16 teams call me up that day, wanting to sign me up there for uh, for OTAs and for preseason camp and everything. So, but right away, you know, Coach Tice, he saw something in me, so I went with him. Got to go to OTAs, a lot of rookie stuff, living in a hotel, got through OTAs and went into fall camp. That's about, it's like 6.30 in the morning till about 11 o'clock at night for about four weeks. You get a preseason game in there. Then you got three more preseason games after that. And while it's going on, man, people heads are rolling. And you're just like hoping it's not you. So I was able to get through the first preseason. It was my last game versus the Raiders. Like we got a lot of playing time. He goes, all right, Levi, let's go. The second play, I rolled my ankle. Oh, no. <laughs> and I went over to coach. I was like, coach, my ankle is messed up. He goes, yeah, I saw it. He goes, what? You better go get that spot, though. <laughs> so I taped it up, went back out there. And... You know, I was I was very blessed to be over there. You know, I say I wasn't the most talented when it comes to the NFL, but my work my work ethic was just, you know, I just I didn't know how to go any lower than a hundred percent. The effort and hustle. You know, I was a mean, nasty offensive lineman. That's why Coach Coach Tice liked me, and 
I was so much so they thought I had an anger problem. <laughs> the, the recruiters asked my coach, Bobby Hogg, does he have an anger problem? They're like, like no, man, he's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, going through that whole process and I had to stop and be like, this is, this is really cool. This is what six-year-old Levi wanted to do. This is, you know, I got to take my mom to England and I got to experience all these different things because of this game. And, uh, you know, the one of the biggest thing that I'm most proud of is showing my kids and not only my kids, but all of our, our native kids all over the place. Like I never saw any native Americans in the NFL. And now these kids, they get a chance to, I'm like, Hey, look me up on YouTube. You know, if you want to do this, you want to be the best, you want to be the top, and whatever you're doing, you can do it. Just because you're a Native American does not give you the excuse not to try. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many more collegiate and professional Native Americans out there right now. I'm just so proud of. And, you know, it's just making our community stronger and stronger because we love sport. You know, we were based off sport. That was It was a big thing, a big thing for us. And, you know, it fills our heart to be able to play for our families, our names, our tribes. And... And it, it was just something real special to do for, for everybody, but with everybody, you know, I had a lot of people shout me out and, Hey, Levi, congratulations. Good job. That's awesome. You know, I had a lot of support when I was doing it in college and in the NFL. So, you know, shout out to everybody who gave me good words and prayers and, you know, it means a lot to me. And, you know, now I just really use that to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you ran into any other natives in the NFL. No. No. Mm-mm. Dang. And then, yeah, because you played, what were the years you were in the NFL? Uh, 2010 to 2012. Okay. I did go up to the CFL for a bit, and I got I played for the BC Lions with J.R. LaRose. He's a mm-hmm. – he's a – He's a native up there in Canada, but it was cool. We, you know, I was like, I, we sat down, we were chopping it up. And it, I was like, you know, the odds of two native Americans being on a professional team. I was like, they gotta be astronomical, <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was, it was cool to play with him and be up there and see uh, and learn about the natives up there and what they've been through. That was, a, that was a whole nother education that I went through. And, you know, I got some bros up there Uh proud to call family yeah i've i've had a few um people from canada on here and they talk about what they've been through mm-hmm. and it, yeah it is man it's a whole new education because mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not taught about them and i would never think to check it out you know and when they talk about it, it's like holy crap it's like mm-hmm. so i need to dive more into it i need to i mean because it's it's crazy dude and then they they have their treaty territories mm-hmm. and I always wonder what that was. Like they'd say treaty six and treaty, all this. And I never knew what that was. It just kind of went over my head. And then they told me in there, like, this is, this is that. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I get it now. Sorry mm-hmm. for not knowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a total different thing. And, you know, I guess us as negative Americans, we just think it's easier up there. They're nicer and everything, but no, their past is just as brutal as ours. Mm-hmm yeah yeah so shout out to them you know they're they're they support this man and i you know i appreciate them for showing love and all that too and i was gonna ask you too um oh yeah what is ota (laughs) you said that (laughs) official training activities oh okay god lucky i still had that up there in my (laughs) mind but because i was gonna actually say it but then i forgot But yeah, yeah, official training activities. That means you're on the squad. That means you, you signed a contract and but they can they can dump you pretty quickly. But yeah, official training activities. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I've watched like you have, you watch hard knocks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, it, it always seems like a stressful time at the beginning when they're always following a certain player. And that certain player is like that, like you said, like they're just waiting to be told to go home yeah man that, that, that was a two two years three years of my life oh my god and, and it's just you just play for your play for your job every day 
Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you're playing for somebody else's job. It, it, you know, it's really, it's cutthroat, man. It's, 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 it's intense. You know, when people sit there and, you know, they go, Oh, those players are whining and blah, 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 blah. Like, man, you don't know. You don't know how, how brutal it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's real. Cause now money's involved and mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. And these are grown men and God, dude. Yeah, I can only imagine livelihoods, families, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you know, that's why I'm I'm very blessed. You know, some people didn't have their education to fall back onto, and Mm -hmm. I'm very blessed. You know, I I got to be up there. I got to do it. And, you know, I still got my education. I still got my mind. I can still walk around. And, you know, I see football as a part of my story. But what I do now, giving back, going out, teaching, that's. That's what I was supposed to be here for. Mm-hmm. How long have you been speaking to you? I've been, I've been speaking since 2008, really. I think I got my, oh, I got wow. my first, I got my first uh, speaking engagement up on the Fort Belknap Revs. I think when I was a junior, 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it was just kind of recently. Well, not recently, but you know, Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of stuff that I, I, I just kind of do mine. I'm trying to ramp up the media portion and, you know, trying to get out there a little bit more, but I, I just kind of word of mouth. I'll, I'll bounce over and I'll go speak at one and one spot and then somebody will hear me from there and then I'll go over to the next one. So yeah, for those who do, the, uh, you listen to this podcast, like what I'm saying, hit me up at levihorn.com, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Instagram, get a hold of me. Uh, I'd love to come out to your, I'd love to come out to your reservation, your community, wherever it's at, and, you know, speak. Uh, workshops, um, professional workshops, motivational speaking, sports camps, no matter what, no matter what sport it is, we can get some basic fundamentals in there and have a good time. Uh, you know, it's just something I, I love to do, and yeah, get at me. Have you ever been here to Oklahoma, like to do anything? So I was a part of the American Indian Expo, right? Mm-hmm. There's a powwow. Uh, what boarding school is that? My coach there's, Vermont, coach Vermonti brought me down there. There's Riverside, and then there's uh, Telequa Indian School. Yeah, so I went over to Riverside. They had American okay. Indian Expo where they had like the fancy dance championship and I had this big powwow and then they had a parade. I was all on a parade. But yeah, so I've been down to Riverside. Coach Bramani, his wife um, works over there. Uh, Bitsy, Elizabeth, shout out to them. Uh, they're awesome. He was my coach for arena football team, native guy. Mm. So that was, that was pretty cool. A native American coach and a native American player. Uh, down in New Mexico, but yeah, I'd love to get down there in Oklahoma and get out there and do some good. Here's one of my, we got, we got a, we got a little VIP visitor right here. Come here. This is my boy Maddox. You want to come over here, Kelly? Come here, Kelly. (laughs) Maddox, you want to come here? And then we got, we got the cousin over here, Callie Ray. All righty. Love you. They always like to sneak up on me when I'm doing when I'm on Zoom or anything. Like, come here, get a little cameo action. But yeah, uh, I haven't been down to Oklahoma too much. Uh, a lot of Montana, and I've gone over to Maine. I need to get down in the Southwest. That's kind of my goal. Get down in the Southwest a little bit more. But yeah, yeah, man, come through if you're ever down here. Let's link up or something. I live in a tall, like around Tulsa. So also, if you're ever around this area, I just it. had um Casey Nicholson on too. I had him on. Casey's my so you've met like me, Casey, and Chance. We all go hard. Yeah, like, that like those are. If you look at my Facebook, it's uh, one of the workshops that we did. We did a worksite wellness. Again, back to not saying no. Well, one of my guys, he calls me up from. Uh, three affiliated he goes hey levi you want to do a worksite wellness i was like sure can no problem uh let me just call my team up and he goes okay get get whatever you need whatever whoever you want and i was like all right so me casey and chance we all smashed out put this worksite wellness together for about 80 employees for the three affiliated 
And, you know, it was good. It was good. It was a special time. That was one of the engagements that, that I love. But shoot, man, we didn't, none of us had no, no worksite wellness uh, <laughs> curriculum or anything. But we all put it together, and, man, it was a smash. Me and Casey and Chance, we've been working together since probably like 2016. We all went mm-hmm. to the Yakima Indian Reservation. This lady got us all together. And after that, man, it was it was over, man. We're just all three brothers, and we run around. We feed off each other, We and it, it's a good time. So, yeah. Yeah, shout out to them, man, once again. And, yeah. Casey was talking about, yeah, I mean, Levi Horn, and like it was just, I was like, this is so crazy. Like, I had, I got you, I got you, Casey. Now, and then I didn't tell him you were coming on, it was, it's a surprise. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but yeah, but both of you all the same week, like it was dope. It was dope to have you all on here. Yeah, man, it's been a blessing to be here. Uh, talk with you, you know, every time I talk or do something, man, it always gets me. Always gets me ready to go do something else. So, you sure. know, it's it's a, today was a good day to get up and you know share with a bro, and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully the people enjoy it. And if you enjoyed it, yeah, get at me, LeviHorn.com, Facebook me. I'll be open. I'll get out to your area. Instagram too. Instagram too. LeviHorn seven nine. Yes, yes. So you heard that, everybody. Go hit up Levi. He is a motivational speaker, former player of the NFL, Montana, future masters. Hopefully. Yes. Well, no, we're going to speak yes. it. We're going to keep speaking it into existence. Yes. I like you're it. Gonna, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And so hit him up. Hit him up if you wanted to come to your res to do workshops, to speak, to do some any kind of sports. Hit him up. So. Thank you, bro, for coming on, making time. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. So you can just come back on. We could talk or whatever. So it was nice Got to it. finally meet you. It's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, for sure. Hey, next one. Uh, next one. Give me Chance and Casey. Oh, that'd yeah. A, that'd that would be, be a w- that'd be a wicked podcast right there. I would enjoy that. So we should plan for that. We should plan for that. Let's, and get, it, let's get it working. Let's get it. So everybody, go follow Levi. Keep up with him. And follow Okie Podcast if you haven't yet on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Okie Podcast, one word. Russell Must 49 is my personal. Russell Sun Eagle is my personal on Facebook as well. Go check out the website, www.okiepodcast.com. Uh, Okie Podcast is available Spotify, Apple, Audible, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever. I would say Google it or Google my name and you can find it. And so thanks again, bro, for coming on. And until next time, everybody, peace. Much love.